Let's look ahead to Friday in the NBA. Injury updates, streaming options, stream of the day, what's on my radar. I think you know how it goes by now, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePicks, the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com. Slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Go ahead and click the subscribe if you haven't. We are flying up. Maybe we will hit 100,000 this year. I don't think so, but I, but I do hope so. So if you can hit that um, subscribe over there on the old YouTube, that would be great. We are here to talk about the action for Friday, December the 15th. It is a relatively busy day without being an insanely busy day. It is an eight-game Friday, which we usually get busier Fridays than that. We've had some 11s and 12s and all that sort of stuff. Eight is a perfectly manageable day, which we love, things being perfectly manageable. So let's give some injury updates as always. As I'm recording this, there's always news that trickles through, so some of these graphics are going to be out of date, but that's just the game that we play here, isn't it? Um, Jalen Smith sticks. He is out in Indiana still for another week or so with his, um, what do you call it with his knees? Oh, sorry. His heel contusion. Um, DeLon Wright is out or remains out for the Wizards. Landry Shamit joins him there as well. Um, LaMelo Ball remains out. Wendell Carter remains out. Gabe Vincent is out. Jalen Johnson remains out. Ja Morant, Marcus Smart, and the Duck, Luke Kennard, are all currently out for the Grizzlies. Mitchie Robinson, of course, is out for the Knicks. Jalen Duran is out for the Pistons. And Marvin Bagley has now been ruled out again. So we don't have to worry about that foolishness of having Bagley maybe cut into Asar Thompson. So we do know that um, Marvin Bagley is out. I am listing Al Horford as doubtful. It is a back-to-back. The Celtics play Thursday. I'm, I was going to just say that Al Horford's out. He hasn't played a back-to-back in two years, and I'm pretty sure he won't play on Friday. But I'm just going to be safe and put him as doubtful. Mark Williams has also been changed from questionable to doubtful, so he's not likely to play for the Hornets. In terms of Paul Washington Jr., I'm just going to check if there was any updates on Paul. Um, where are the Hornets? He's, he's officially questionable. Now, Paul, um, Zion Williamson is officially questionable as well. Jalen Brown was um, questionable to play, or he is questionable to play for the game on Thursday with an ankle issue. So I'm going to list him questionable for Friday's action as well. If he misses Thursday, you would think that there is a chance he misses. Actually, there's a chance to miss Friday anyway, because he might play Thursday, sit out the back-to-back. Who knows? Anyway, Jalen Brown's questionable. Landry Shamet has been ruled out. He is the most nondescript player in the NBA. I wouldn't get it wrong, but if you were going to play a who we play for game with me, he'd probably be the one I'd go, Landry Shamet? But I do know where we play. There was there's some weird signings. David Duke got uh got re-signed by the Spurs today. There you go. The old uh, <laughs> the old uh, Duke legend is back uh, with San Antonio. They they waved um, Serge Ibari Rice. Shout out to royalty. He's gone. Um, 
yeah, some weird moves like uh, Drew Drew Peterson signed with the Celtics. Nathan Knight was waived there. Teams making moves on the uh, margins. I am listing big fella Christos Porzingis as questionable. He is probable for Thursday. But the fact that he's probable for Thursday with the calf being tight, he's missed time with this calf injury, and it is a back-to-back, I think there has to be a risk that he doesn't play. Marco Fultz is officially questionable, so we might be getting his return, and then we'll get more of an idea of what happens. It will just probably move Anthony Black out of the rotation, drop a little bit of Gaz Harris, and maybe impact Cole Anthony. I think Suggs is sort of safe. Fultz, in terms of whether he is an add or not, I mean, sure, it would depend on who I'm adding. I do feel really comfortable that he will start rest of season, but his production wasn't super strong before he got hurt anyway. But he is, like, when we're talking about, like, oh, do we add Pajemski? Do we look at Moses Moody? Like, we don't think they're going to start, and they're not guaranteed to get starters minutes, whereas Fultz probably is guaranteed to start and get starters minutes. It's not as sexy, it's not as exciting. He's coming off an injury, but he's probably more of a priority in that scenario. LeBron, I'm going to list as questionable at this point. I'm very, very certain he will play, but I'm also 100% certain he will be listed as questionable. He missed the last game on the back-to-back. They list him questionable every game at the moment, which is, you know, it happens. And I know people love that. Oh, it's not fair. That's why you don't have IL+. Plus. It's a hack. Is it? It's just something that happens, and you can just use it, and you can do it with literally any player. Um, should they try to do something about it? Maybe, but whatever. There are ways to combat that very, very comfortably in Yahoo. And it just it doesn't create that much of a problem. It is way better than having the IL only slot where guys aren't eligible and it creates a way level, a way higher level of unfairness. DeAndre Hunter is officially questionable. Um, he missed the last couple of games. That really enabled Anyekara Kongwu to step up and play big minutes next to Capella. AJ Griffin's questionable for personal reasons. I believe he is officially questionable. I had him, oh no, he's actually out. So hopefully everything's okay with him. And John Ray Hunter is officially questionable. Des Bain, we don't have an update on him. He missed the last game with an illness. I would guess he's going to be okay Friday, but I'm not sure. And Amen Thompson also missed the last game um, as question, or with an illness for the Rockets. And then there, then we have the three Suns guys, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, and Josh Okoge. Not the three big names. So while we got the three big guys back last time, we don't know what happens on the periphery because they were starting bloody Nasir Little in one half and Chimizi Metu was playing. It was all over the place still. So does Allen start? Does Gordon start? Does Akogi start? I honestly don't know. There's one starting spot up for grabs. I think it's going to be cycled through a bit. And if you are looking to make waiver decisions and you go, well, I want to take a flyer on Colin Sexton, Taylor Horton Tucker because we got word on Keontae George's injury. It's not bad which is sort of what we heard yesterday. Colin Sexton said, yeah, look, it's pretty good news. And there were, there were some doomsayers, some jazz reporters saying, hey, they won't release the results of the x-ray. That's really bad news. Wasn't. It looks like he's just got some soreness. Doesn't look like anything actually appeared on those scans. We hope that's actually true. Um, and he's going to miss at least two games, but nothing long-term. So we can slot him into injured. And then hopefully it's not a long-term thing. But what I was saying, if you wanted to take a crack at a Taylor Horton Tucker or a Colin Sexton for short term and it meant dropping Allen, Gordon, or a Kogi, or oh, Kogi, who cares? That's very deep league stuff. But Allen or Gordon, I mean, sure, go for it. I don't think it's going to um, break the bank. I don't think it's going to kill anything in terms of uh, overall value for the season because with those big three there, Gordon and Allen's value does drop. Today's episode is brought to you by the big fella, Dave. Dave would have been very useful for many of us when we get hit with unexpected um, money issues, like, for example, I don't know, hypothetically, what if your balcony fell and smashed the roof of your car, and then you had to get your balcony repaired as well as your car? Just hypothetically, Dave can give you the extra cash. They can get that in there, um, expensive parking tickets, unexpected vet bills, like when Obi swallowed a sewing needle. 
That was a great one as well. What a great moment that was. Dave is the banking app that levels the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. So if you're in a pinch, get the help that you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash locked on MBA. That is dave.com slash locked on MBA. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now and go to dave.com slash locked on MBA. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. That's a lot of dave.com references. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member of the FDIC. Dave is really giving like Charlotte Bobcats energy there. Why have we named the company Dave? Is the guy's name Dave that owned it? Is he named David? Is that an, uh, an acronym for something? I don't know. Anyway, it's Dave. Yeah, there you go. The big fella Dave. Let's... Oh, well, actually, we're going to go under the lens. I didn't even tell you who we're taking under the lens, but we're getting buzzy. We're going to Charlotte. We're going to the CLT Kings. We're looking big fella Terry Rogier because this has been an unfathomable... Unfathomable? Yes, unfathomable run from Rogier. Look at what he's, he's been doing. Over the last week, this man is the sixth-ranked player for Category Leagues. In Points Leagues, he is the 12th-ranked player, casually dropping 50 points a game. He is shooting 63% on his threes. He's actually at 51% over the last six games and 48% since he returned from injury. They are insane numbers. Last season, Terry Rozier averaged 5.1 assists per game. And a large chunk of those games, nearly all of them, was without LaMelo Ball. This season, last three games, he's gone, nah, let's fire up. 11 assists. There's just no way that this can hold. He is dominating. The last six games, 13-7-7-13-13-7. Maybe he likes those two numbers. I don't know. There's just no way that this shit can hold for Rogier. There are so many things there. The three-point shooting, no chance. The assists, no chance. He's also doubling this up and hitting his twos at 55%, which I guess could hold, but that's also career best. He's at 93 from the line. Also, guess what? Career best. He hit 81 last season. What else is happening that Rozier is doing just to completely torment us? Well, only 2.3 rebounds. That's really bad. But five threes a game. That's Kobe White territory. 39 minutes a game. That's insane. And if we go a little bit deeper into the advanced stuff, look at his um, offensive load. He's 94th percentile in the NBA in offensive load. What's offensive load show you? It shows you assists, um, turnovers, free throw attempts, field goal attempts, um, box creation, which is um, an estimate of how many open shots you're creating for teammates. So it's how many shots you're creating for the teammates plus um, assists that go in plus um, or assists with shots that go in plus shots and turnovers, everything. What are you doing? 94th percentile. This is a career best. The offensive load rank is, is rating is 49.7. That number might not mean much to you, but that's what it is. It's 49.7. His best uh, career uh, number ever prior to that was last season at 44. And then prior to that, he'd never been over 40. So he is rolling, and that number is way up of late as well. He's putting high, career-high free throw attempt rate. He's at yeah, insane shooting numbers. His passer rating is pretty strong, but it's also not the best passing season of his career. This is the biggest sell high probably of all time. I don't know how possible that is. He's basically a top 25 guy for the season because most of his games have come without LaMelo Ball again. Um, he's just dominating. If you can get a top 30 player for Rogier, no questions asked, I'd do it. 
This is just an insane run that shows the weird stuff that can happen with efficiency and outlier statistics. His last three games, 28 points, five threes, 11 assists, 59 from the field and 93 from the line on five attempts. It's just, it's not going to hold. One of the biggest hot streaks of all time. I don't even need to stake anything on this because this is just very clearly going to fall. But some people do not look into how it comes. They don't look at the three-point shooting, the two-point shooting, the free-throw shooting, the free-throw attempt rate, the assist rate, the load, the career highs, all that stuff. Why it's happening, why the minutes so high. You might cop a hit early on. You might drop him and he drops another 30 and 11 game next game. Not drop him, you might trade him. And then you go, oh, cool. But when we get back to it later on, he might be a 21-point player with four and a half assists, shooting 46 from the field. So write it out. Enjoy it. But if you get a top 25 back, you don't don't wait a single second before you get in there and um, and hit that, hit that button. All right. That is our Under the Lens. It is on Terry Rogier with just a million unsustainable things. Who's got a back-to-back Friday, Saturday? There are six different teams. Your Orlando, no, your Atlanta Hawks, your Charlotte Hornets, the Detroit Pistons, the Pacers, the Knicks, and the Sixers all have the Friday, Saturday back-to-back. Who are we at risk of resting there? Hawks, nobody. Hornets, nobody. Pistons, nobody. Pacers, nobody. Knicks, absolutely nobody. Sixers, maybe Embiid. But otherwise, we're relatively clean on the Friday, Saturday back-to-back. Thursday, Friday is only Celtics, and that's the Al Horford and Christos Porzingis and maybe Jalen Brown. In terms of streams of the day, for 10-team there, I do have um, Sadiq Bay, but I did create this, and in the middle, the Nick Richards, uh, Mark Williams news dropped. I would probably put Richards ahead of Bay as the top stream there, but Bay is totally fine as a 10-team streamer. As a 12-team category streamer, it is um, Tari this season. I honestly don't know what they're going to do. I have some real worries about does Jalen Green stay at only 25 minutes? Because if he doesn't, Easton getting 27 will be harder. And I, I do have some worries about it. But we're streaming him in. 14 team, we're going to Indiana. We're going to Aaron Smith. 16 team, it's Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu. He's still available in 90% plus of leagues. He was great last game. I don't expect that to always happen, but he was really good. And that's intriguing enough for deep leagues. A starter and a 16 teamer available in 90% plus. We've got to go that way. Yahoo points, I am going with Jeremy Sohan. Yes, he can have inefficient nights, but he's playing 33 a night. That's good enough for me to have a crack, but you could throw Eason in there. They're very close, or even Big Dick Nick. And then for ESPN points, it is probably Goga Badadze. His efficiency in the block numbers, which are valued more higher over on ESPN, and Wendell Carter is out. That pushes him a little bit into that discussion. Let's go through the eight games. The first one is the Detroit Pistons and the Philadelphia 76ers. What the hell are they going to do with Jaden Ivey? Something incorrect, I'm sure. I am not in the situation where we necessarily need to hold onto Jaden Ivey. Um, I do somewhat believe that he's going to be better as the season goes on, but this up and down, it's so hard to deal with it. Get that garbage out of here! Thanks, Jack. Oh, yeah. It's good to have him back. Um, for the Sixers, D'Anthony Melton hasn't really been impacted by Kelly Oubre. But we're going to probably... I don't know if we're going to find out anything in this game because it's probably going to be another absolute ass-kicking. And we're not going to see full minutes distributions and weird rotations because Nick Nurse doesn't have to care. In terms of streams, Killian Hayes probably is the stream in Detroit. Ivy would be another consideration there. If you want to go deeper, you look at Jimmy Wiseman with Bagley out. Um, Nico Batum in Philadelphia, but that's only really deeper league sort of stuff. Indiana-Washington, another game that could be just a, like that Washington defense. The Pacers might drop 180. 
that could be very disgusting. Miles Turner's minutes are up. He's playing like 31 a night for four or five consecutive games. And early in the season, we're a little bit frustrated. Is that because, I guess you could postulate it two ways. Well, actually, you can only postulate it one way. It's that Rick Carlisle actually likes what Jalen Smith does and was deliberately keeping Turner's minutes low so he could play Smith. And now he doesn't like Jackson as much, so he's playing Turner more. I don't know how else I read that. So let's watch what Turner does. And let's for the Wizards. Like I, I don't want to watch Jordan Poole anymore. I'm done with this asshole. I want to watch um, Tyus Jones because I'm pretty much done with him as well. But I'm making a sort of a, not a final determination, but we're getting really close about whether we need to hold because it doesn't feel good. I feel like he is way more likely to be traded than Jordan Poole. And that would almost definitely be into somehow a worse situation. So yeah, I, I'm not inter- that interested in Tyus. In terms of streams, Nee Smith is the guy in Indiana. And then Bilal Kulabali in Washington is getting like 30 minutes a night at the moment. Really good the last game. Don't mind adding him. Just again, sometimes we try and get one, two, three days ahead or a week ahead of the of the trend. And that's sort of where we're head, uh, at with Bilal at the moment. The Pelicans. The Hornets. Zion is questionable. Um, CJ's always someone I want to watch. Because as you're well aware, I was down on him in the preseason. I wasn't sure how he would work usage-wise as a third usage option, but there's been a lot of games where he's getting more usage than Zion. Is that real? I, I, I Honestly, I just feel that for this team to be super successful, it needs to be Ingram and Zion with the ball more and CJ doing more spot-up stuff. His defensive stuff has started to come down, which is expected, but it's more about where the McCullum minutes sit in and usage sits with Zion and Ingram. Now, we won't get an answer if Zion doesn't play, but just another data point there. Well, for the Hornets, Brandon Miller is continuing to be a 12-team league guy, but it is just very much due to him playing 39 minutes a night or 38 minutes a night with ball out. And when ball gets back in, I don't really see how Miller is going to maintain 12 value. For streams, Dyson Daniels is sort of getting these minutes again, a little bit over Jose Alvarado. Especially if Zion is out, we do look to Dyson. And then for Hornets, for Hornets, that sounds so bad. That's That sounds like when, I don't know, I'm old, right? When you hear kids talk and they're talking about teams and they, they don't call them the Hornets. It's like, hey, what are you doing? You go Hornets? The Hornets? Like, I don't know. Anyway, complete side rant. Big Dick Nick is the guy that we stream for Hornets. Um, what are we looking at next? It is the Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. Um, the Boston Celtics, Jalen Suggsy Suggs. I do believe he's a 12-team category must roster player. In a points league, I don't think he is. And I, I don't actually think that Marco Fultz is going to impact him. The problem with Suggs is he goes so balls out every game is he just can't really do more than 28 a night. And they're still going to give Harris minutes and Anthony minutes. So yeah, I do just want to see... I, I don't believe there'll be an impact of Fultz. Fultz? That's not the right word. Fultz. I don't know that there's going to be an impact from Markel on him, but I don't know. We're always trying to gather more information. That's my expectation. So let's watch it and see what happens. Um, Drew Holiday for the Celtics. Again, just what what do they use? Is there any consistency in usage, ball handling, time on ball, all that sort of stuff? So far, I've found none of it. And Drew's been mid. In terms of streams, Goga there is for Orlando. Looks pretty good. Mo Wagner behind him. And then Slam and Sammy Hauser with the expected absence of Horford and the possible absence of Porzingis. Slam and Sammy might start. He'll play 26. He might have 15 points with five threes. Or he might start and go 0 of 9 for two points. We've seen him uh, struggle in some starts previously, which is, of course, frustrating. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. UV numbers. 
That's a title match if I've ever seen it. You don't have to worry about salary caps or Sharks, pros, spreadsheets, algorithms. They just put up a number, a stat, whether it's a points or a rebounds or in football, it's touchdowns, receptions, and you just go more or less. How easy? You can do these entries in under 60 seconds. You do between two to six of them into one entry, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. And for those of you without a calculator handy, that means if you put $10 in, that could turn into 250. That's how we add things up. So when you go to test your skill on Price picks for basketball season. You can easily turn that 10 into 250 with six of those correct more or less projections or predictions. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA and you can get yourself a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. The code is locked on NBA and you get a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepix is daily fantasy made easy. Saw some guy in the live chat yesterday when I was doing this. Hey, you know Josh is always sort of looking to the left or the right. He's got a lot going on. Yeah, because I've look, I've got the camera straight down the middle, straight straight down the barrel here, and then I've got my screens with all my information on it. I've got you know pro- producing the show on one screen. I've got ad read scripts and timers and all that sort of stuff on the other screen, and then all the stats and data. I wish I could somehow have Minority Report like transparent screens in front of me, like uh, heads-up displays that the camera could go through, but I can't. And I am running with a, uh, a better camera than a standard webcam that sits up there. Um, maybe I do need to find a better way of doing it, but that's that's why I look to the side because that's where my monitors are. And you can actually see that when we go out to the, the wide shot there, you can see where the two screens um, sit. But anyway, I'm sure most people don't care about that. But if you do care, hit subscribe, hit thumbs up. We're over here on the old um, on the old YouTube. We love being here. All right, let's go through to the next game. We've done Orlando, Boston. The next one we look at is the Lakers and the Spurs, a rematch of last game. I imagine that LeBron returns here. And prior to LeBron being out last game, D'Angelo Russell's minutes had sunk. They were well down. He was playing under 30 for about four or five consecutive games. Last game, they stepped up. I want to see what Russell does when LeBron plays. Again. Because we get into the stage where he becomes droppable. In eight teamers, yeah. I don't know why I mentioned eight teamers, but in eight teamers, yeah. In tens, maybe. Maybe. Um, and then for the Spurs, a guy that is really struggling at the moment is Devin Vassell. Absolutely do not drop Devin Vassell. I've heard people saying that they dropped Devin Vassell. That's silly to me. But he's a huge buy low at the moment. He's struggling with his shooting numbers. There's a lot not happening. And I think he's way better than this. In terms of streams, Cam Reddish remains that guy for the Lakers. But it's points and uh, sorry, it's threes and steals. Torian Prince has actually been red hot as well. I don't trust that man's consistency as far as I could throw it, which is a hard thing to do because you can't throw a, um, a non-tangible item like consistency. It's highlighting how much I don't trust it. But there are other guys there. Maybe it's Vanderbilt Bar. Maybe it's Hachimura. There's just a bunch of interesting or, depending on your perspective, non-interesting players for the Lakers you could stream. For the Spurs, it is probably Sohan, a 33-minute-a-night starter who's obviously not very good at the moment. But that's at least streamable or into streamable considerations. For deeper leagues, again, another starter there would be Malachi Branham. He can be a little bit empty with his production. The next one we look at is the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Toronto Raptors. Last game, Onyeka Okongwu played almost 30 minutes, including an absolute ton next to Capella. Will they do it more? Now, if DeAndre Hunter is out, they basically have no other choice. Quinn Snyder does not trust Bruno Fernando. Cool. He's not Steven Silas. There's not many other options he can go to. There's no Jalen Johnson, no DeAndre Hunter. Then it's just Bay. That's all he's got. But what I am more interested in is a Kongwu doing more things. Not minutes, because the minutes have actually been okay. Can you block more shots? Can you hit more threes? Can you score more? More rebounds? And we got that last game. He's available in like 38% of leagues in Yekara Kongwu. I think you grab him in all category leagues. In fact, someone dropped him in industry pickup. 
I tried to bid on him. Well, I did bid on him, but I got smashed. I think B-Dub dropped like 170 bucks out of a $1,000 budget to get him. So I wish I'd have got him there. Um, for the Raptors, it is Pascal Siakam, who shot 83% from three last game. We talked about him in the Bilo show two weeks ago, saying, or one week ago, actually, saying that, look, I know we can rag on what he's done, but the usage is back. It's just that he can't shoot anymore. And it came back. So let's see where the usage sits and the shooting and the normalization there. In terms of streams for Atlanta, don't worry. I just put a name there, but it was Wes Matthews. We're not streaming Wes Matthews. Don't worry about it. And I think Precious Achua has probably overtaken Gary Trent as the streaming option on the Raptors. It's still just for deeper leagues, but I think he's taken over. Houston, Memphis. Didn't we just have this game? I feel like all of these games we just had. Philadelphia, Detroit, we had, yes. We had um, Lakers, Spurs, and now Houston, Memphis. What? That's weird. But that, these all the games all happen on Wednesday. Regardless, let's look at Jalen Green. What are, what are we doing with Jalen Green? Because he's been bad. 25 minutes or under the last two games. His numbers and role directly impacts what we do with Tari Eason, I think. And what we do with Jalen Green. I popped him on the droppable list the other day. Um, Get that garbage out of here! So I think in category leagues, you can. In points leagues, by all means, Hold. But if he's getting 25 a night, then he's not even a hold there. For the Grizzlies, Santi Aldama, the production for him has been dreadful. Uh, started, then moved to the bench, and Biombo came back. There's no consistency in anything they do. Tillman got DNP'd. I just, I just don't know how to look at what Aldama gives. I have no interest. He's rostered in way too many leagues, Santi. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but so far he's proven me right. For streams, it is obviously Tari this season. He should be grabbed everywhere, even if I have a level of skepticism at his overall minutes upside. And then for the Grizzlies, it's probably Derek Rose. I didn't even talk about Derek Rose on Wednesday. I should have. He played 30 minutes and was great. But how much are we going to treat, trade, treat? How much are we going to treat that as real? Because Derek Rose, rightfully so, has been on Washed Watch. Because he was washed. He got taken out of the rotation by his dad, Tom Thibodeau, last season. He, like, he was bad. And even in Memphis, he's been bad apart from that last game. I guess you can stream him, but, like, I don't feel super confident with it. The Knicks and the Suns, speaking of Tom Thibodeau, the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, went off last game. Remember the two games prior to that? He did nothing. I think he had four usage and seven usage. But he did have five assists in that second game. So that's interesting. How they still utilize him quickly, Hart, Grimes, Barrett remains a constant mystery. Last game, Barrett stunk. Quickly played under 20 minutes and Grimes dropped down to 16. The game before, Grimes went off. DiVincenzo's minutes were down and quickly was out. Like, it's all over the place. It's very hard to pin down and work out what they're going to do. But Dante's at least interesting as a starter. For the Suns, it's about watching Bradley Beal. Does he just hold on to the Kevin Love, Chris Bosh role of the third player who's a 20 usage guy instead of a 28, 30 guy that he was in Washington? He is not the Washington guy in the past. He's also not the point guard that Shams Sharania told us that he would be. And I very quickly told you that Shams is wrong. Um, he's just, I, I, I fear, I th he's going to be better than what he's been so far. And the fact that he played 33 minutes on the back-to-back -back is encouraging. If I could get any top 70 player for Beal at the moment in a trade, I probably would do it. because I just don't have confidence in his back. But it's more about does he actually impact Durant and Booker in their usage, or is he just going to be a 22 usage player, um, sort of a worse Chris Middleton? I think, I think that's possible. Streams. Isaiah Hartenstein, 30 minutes last game. I don't expect that Taj Gibson cuts in, but we'll see. Will Thibodeau run a three-center rotation? Seems very unlikely. 
Uh, Sims minutes went down. Hartenstein's went up last game. It wasn't a great game from Isaiah, but I do still think he belongs on 12-team rosters. And then the Sun stream, I don't know, mate. Nasir Little, but it would definitely be Gordon or Allen if they played, but they could all be out. So Nasir Little started the last game, so I've got a little bit more faith there just with the uncertainty surrounding, uh, surrounding those other players. Two for one, so we're looking Friday, Saturday. We've got six back-to-backs on. Saturday does have um, 11, 11 games or 10 games. I think it's got, it's got 10 games on. So it's sort of streaming, but sort of not. So have a look whether it makes sense to get these guys with their back-to-back ability. Obviously, we're really looking at... Um, I've got Golden State Warriors there. That's, that's wrong. I don't know what that list is, so I apologize. I'm going to take it off because I don't have actually time to go back and redo the graphics. We're running out of time here for the day and what I've got to do there. But look, I don't know what that list was. That was completely wrong. In terms of the two-for-one guys that we can look at who are available, um, Nick Batum's got two games for the Sixers. DiVincenzo, Josh Hart, um, Timothy John McConnell with two games for the Pacers. We're looking at Isaiah Jackson with two games as well. Um, and then you go to like a Pat Beverly, a Jericho Sims, or Paul Reed. So it did look like it was better. I don't know what... Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing again. Things are all over the shop here. What's going on with this this site that I'm looking at? Not the site, with my, with my graphics that I produced. Let's try that again. All right. All right, now I think we're good. Apologies for all of that. Some guys for the Friday, Saturday back-to-back. Nick Richards, the number one guy that we're looking at there. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein with two games. Um, Nick Batum with two games. Aaron Neesmith with two games. Uh, Killian Hayes with two games. Jaden Ivey and Dante DiVincenzo. There you go. God, that was a bad segment. That's like what probably the worst segment I've done all season, I reckon. Again, apologies about that. I think what I had was the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back two-for-one streams there. So I do apologize. But let's now look at the chunks, we're talking Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So streamable days in that five-day chunk are Friday, Sunday, and Tuesday. Saturday and Monday are higher volume days. So who can we look at? Well, the Spurs, the Suns, the Celtics all have three quality games across that five-game stretch. So while Jeremy Sohan's not super appealing, nor maybe Malachi Branham, you get three games out of them in a five-day period. Maybe that will give you some level of urge or level of reason to even hold a Zach Collins through that period too. Drew Eubanks and the Suns. So Eubanks, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon. Maybe it's Nasir Little if those guys are out. There's a little bit of value there. Just getting some extra quality games in. And then the Celtics, of course, with the... Um, uh, we know that there is... Oh, Sam House is going to have a big opportunity on Friday and then two more games for the Celtics there. So a strong uh, stream. And then there are two guys who actually still look really good despite only two games, and that is Dario Saric with the Golden State Warriors and Tari Eason with the Rockets. Eason could have some issues with that leg that has cropped up with the back-to-backs if there's any in there. So just be aware of that. But they are uh, some options to look for the next five days. That is Friday through to Tuesday with three streaming days in that mix. The 10-team streams... For the action on Friday, Big Dick Nick sits at the top there alongside Sadiq Bey, Cole Anthony, Brandon Miller, Anyeka Okongwu, and Jalen Suggs. These are all 65% rostered or lower. Um, Again, if they're in your 12s and we cascade through those ones, the next bunch of guys where we're looking at 40% rostered or below, Goga Badadze, Tari Eason, um, Hartenstein, who somehow snuck in there with 45%. Apologies there. Sohan at 34, Aaron Neesmith at 11, and Nick Batum. At 6%, and then deeper leagues, we're going 20% or below. We've got Bilal Kulabali, who comes in at 18 still. DiVincenzo at 8. Achua at 6. 
Slam and Sammy Hauser, Timothy John McConnell, and Flaming Mo Wagner. Lastly, we go to points league streams for Friday, 45% below or below. That's Nick Richards up the top, Sohan, Eason, Badadze, Hartenstein, and Precious Achua, the big sneeze. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget, if you are here over on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, and leave your comments down below on audio. Just follow it if you're not already. And check out the video version as well over on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.